You're tuned into the all-new Freedom 106.5. 106.5. And we're back, Freedom 106.5 FM. And as promised, we promised we have Colleen Hussein with us this morning. Of course, a reporter from GML, and uh, he features prominently on the 7 p.m. news on CNC3 as well. And he's going to be speaking to us about his great achievement, copying five awards for climate change. And this would have been for the category in the Caribbean Media Awards 2023. So good morning, Colleen. Welcome to Freedom 106.5. How are you today? Morning, morning. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Great to have you. So, Colleen, um, congratulations, firstly, uh, from all of us here at Freedom 106.5. And I think uh, safe to say from all of our listeners as well, uh, very fond of you and your reporting as well. So, uh to begin with, how long have you been within the media fraternity and how has the experience been so far? I mean, I, I've been with GML because that's my only foray in traditional media since 2019. So um, we are entering my fifth year um, in media um, and it's honestly been a whirlwind. Uh, you know, I've, I've joined this with zero experience in traditional media reporting for TV, print, and occasionally for the radio. Um, and, yeah, it's just been learning as I go, and it's been a great experience so far. Yeah. So, of course, you're definitely focused on uh, the weather. That That's your forte. Uh, that, yeah. That's your passion. Uh, what would have inspired you to, to become a meteorologist? Um, when, uh, so back in 2010, I moved to the U.S. to do high school and then um, university. And when I moved there, I realized that the weather was a lot more than just a hot sun and heavy rain that we see in Trinidad. You have tornadoes, you have hail, you have snowstorms and all this fun stuff. And I moved to Texas, and Texas is known for their very massive and persistent thunderstorms during the summer. And um, it really piqued my interest in meteorology then, and that's when I sort of decided that's really what like I wanted to focus my studies on, and um, stuck with it through university, and here I am now. Now, you mentioned uh, those formative years um, being very inspirational to you, and a guiding uh, light, perhaps, in terms of the various weather phenomenon that, that occurs in the U.S. Now, um, is it a bit... I don't want to say disappointing or maybe not ex- as exciting as some developments that we have here. I mean, more or less have the rainy season and dry season. So w- what's your take on our weather patterns and the response to it as well? Yeah, when I, when I came back and I actually started, because I returned to Trinidad in 2018 and I started this job in 2019. And since I started this job, I feel like it has not slowed down. Uh, we've had, what, five tornadoes in the last four years. We've had hail multiple times, uh, track tropical storms through the region. Thankfully, no tsunamis. And fingers crossed that never is something that I have to come up on my plate all during my tenure. Um, so Trinidad and Tobago's weather is far from boring, in my opinion. Yes, we have the boring days where it's just sunny and breezy or just sunny and hot. Right. But it's never boring, in my opinion. Yeah, never a dull moment, actually, when it comes to Trinidad and Tobago. I could say that for sure. Now, uh, you're very, very passionate about climate change as well. Give us a peek into the mind of Colleen Hussein when the topic of climate change comes up. <laughs> um, 
so when when climate change comes up, you know, it's something that like I am deeply passionate about because in my opinion, it's one of the challenges about well, at least my lifetime. Um, because regardless of what we do in Trinidad and Tobago, we are still going to be suffering the ramifications of a warmer world and the impact that has on our climate. So I think ensuring that stories uh, are being told by the people who are affected on the front lines of climate change, so whether those are people who are losing their homes to rising sea levels or people that are being flooded way more than they used to be. Now, within this past week, you have farmers who are suffering from heat stroke as well as their animals dying from high temperatures uh, the impact on health, the impact on our energy sector. In some little breaking news, TNTech recorded its highest um, power consumption in recorded in their history um, because of these high temperatures that occurred on the 24th of August. So, you know, the changing climate and a warmer world affects every facet of society. And it's important to have those stories told. Yes, and I could definitely see the link there because with these extreme temperatures we've been having of late, everybody's trying to keep cool. Um, and of course, there would have been you know a couple of uh, down maintenance on unplanned interruptions as well too, and it it would have resulted in persons being without their usual water supply or their usual water schedules, and having to resort to of course not being able to perhaps take a, an extra shower to at home. Or, you know, being forced to use the air condition uh, a bit more and so on. Now, I, I, we, we always hear about climate change and how important the environment is. And I think sometimes we may not pay enough attention to it or we may just hear it and it doesn't register. Now, a couple of days ago, I think over the weekend, I would have been, you know, doing some chores outside, just sweeping the yard, actually. And really, really hot. And I came close to an area where there were a lot of trees and I actually felt the temperature change. And I, I just thought that kind of mind-blowing that I was actually able to feel physically the difference in terms of the heat. Uh, can you weigh in on that in terms of green spaces and how important that is to climate change and the weather? Yeah, absolutely. So most of where people live in Trinidad, unless you live in very rural areas, you are surrounded by development. And that development means you have asphalt roads, concrete pavements, concrete driveways, or a concrete home around you. And concrete is a very effective absorbent of heat. So when the sun is very hot, the heat that is emitted from the sun, uh, it is absorbed by all of these asphalt surfaces around you. And during the day, it, that heat is re-radiated from your homes, from the asphalt, from the concrete around your home. And that's where temperatures around your home and even inside your home gets quite warm compared to areas that are very grassy, that may have trees that shade the area as well. So that's why you would see in maps that are posted online, um, maximum high temperatures in most of our developed areas range anywhere from 33 to 37 degrees. But then you would see those one or two weather stations that are located in the northern range or in um, parts of rural Trinidad, their maximum high of the day would have been like 32 degrees. 
Um, so the actual temperature you see on a thermometer, it's lower depending on how green the space really is. Now, how climate change is affecting that is in two ways. One, the world is getting warmer. So that temperature that you see on your thermometer will gradually get higher. By 2100, probably beyond your and my lifetime, the projected rise in temperature, like actual temperature, could be anywhere from 2.3 to 3.7 degrees Celsius across Trinidad and Tobago, specifically for Trinidad and Tobago. Um, but climate change is also doing something else. With a warmer air mass across the country and warmer sea surface temperatures, the air has a lot more capacity to hold a lot more moisture. And that moisture does the same thing like concrete where it traps heat. And that rise in humidity leads to a higher heat index. And a heat index is a mix of temperature and humidity of what outside feels like. So you don't see this number on a thermometer, but it's what it feels. So that's why this past month, even though our temperatures has, have not been record-breaking, because we've had hotter Augusts before, based on a temperature, but it feels like it's going to get very, very hot. And this past week, we've seen that feels-like temperature anywhere from 37 degrees Celsius to 54 degrees Celsius. And as the planet warms, we will see that rise. And we need to have more green spaces in this country or cooling areas. So when that heat really holds in across Trinidad and Tobago, we could withstand it. Yeah, we definitely need to, to get cracking on that. Now, I know we deviated quite a bit, but I want to get, you know, to really hammer home the importance of climate change as well, too. Because as, as you say, was said that we definitely need more green spaces and that's just one of the many facets that we could use for climate change. What are some of the other things that you could recommend for us to combat this whole climate change issue? Well, chiefly, we need to live a less carbonated life. And I'm not talking about soft drinks. Um, we need to have a, a reduced carbon footprint individually and as a country. So our nationally determined contribution uh, targets for reducing power, um, reducing carbon emissions in our power sectors, in our transportation, all those targets definitely need to be increased at a government level to reduce emissions even more quickly. Um, at an individual level, we need to look at how we live our lives and reduce our, our usage in single-use plastics, uh, reduce um, our energy consumption and I mean that is a difficult thing to say and do when you have very hot days like we've had this past week but looking at using energy efficient um, ACs, uh, energy efficient appliances, energy efficient light bulbs to reduce that not only will reduce your carbon footprint but it will also eventually in the long run reduce your electricity bill as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's those kind of things. I mean, it's also also expensive because the greener um, technologies are more expensive than our traditional um, light bulbs or traditional ACs, even our regular gas-powered cars. Electric cars are expensive. So I understand that hesitation. But really, this is where governments across the world need to lead in, in reducing emissions at a scale that can actually have an impact. Yeah. Okay, so Colin, we have to take a short break at this time. When we come back, we'll get into the various awards that you would have won. And we'll also get an insight from you in terms of the weather situation, like uh, at least for 
uh, today and the next couple of days as well. This is Freedom 106.5 FM. We're speaking with Colleen Hussein. We'll be right back. The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5. And the nervous system is the major controlling, regulatory and communicating system in the body. It is the center of all mental activity, including thought, learning and memory. Be sure to visit or call Batson and Associates today at 222-8261 to make an appointment for Nerve Restore to reduce anxiety, fight depression, improve sleep, boost your brain function, immune system, fertility and testosterone. Welcome back, Freedom 106.5 FM. It is 9.39 this Wednesday morning and we're speaking with Colleen Hussein from CNC3. And Colleen, uh, before the break, uh, you would have told us quite a bit about climate change and the importance of us addressing it. Now, on climate change for the climate change category for the Caribbean Media Awards, you would have gained one or been awarded five awards. So again, congratulations. Can you give us some insight into what these awards were and the pieces of works that would have contributed to these uh, categories and you taking home the win? Absolutely, no problem. So um, the one that I'm probably the most proud of would have been the best climate change documentary. Um, uh, This would have been uh, when I went to COP27, which is this international climate conference that happens nearly every year. Um, I would have accepted a fellowship to go and report in Egypt last day on it. Um, And when I came back to Trinidad, I would have produced this documentary of not only what came out of the the conference itself, but how climate change is actually impacting Trinidad and Tobago. So I won the best climate change documentary there. I also won for the best climate change news item for digital. And this was uh, looking at a company called Rocky Mountain Institute. Uh, their commitment to solar energy in the Caribbean. Uh, they have a couple energy solar projects that uh, are going on in the Bahamas and they were looking to expand to many of the Eastern Caribbean islands including Trinidad and Tobago and the piece also took a look at uh, Trinidad and Tobago's solar energy price policy and uh, electricity prices and why it would be Trinidad and Tobago would be the most difficult island for them to break into or country rather. Um, I won for the best coverage of disaster risk reduction for a digital piece um, this would have been uh, uh, an award sponsored by the United Nations um, Office for Disaster Risk Reduction. And this piece uh, looked at the United Nations Secretary General's early warnings for all initiatives, which was also unveiled at COP. And um, I gave a lot of regional and local context into our early warning system um, used by the Met Office and then some legislation that the Caribbean Meteorological Organization is working with member states across the Caribbean region to punish those who issue the fake weather news on uh, social media platforms. Um, I also won the best climate change news item for print, and this was looking at uh, Antigua and Barbuda moving to a blue economy, so using um, carbon cred- a carbon credit system uh, within their marine areas to generate some funding so that they can use to adapt and mitigate some of to climate change. And lastly, this one wasn't uh, climate change related, but my fifth award was for the best coverage of the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, 
because last year I was still pretty much a de facto health reporter and um, I reported heavily on the COVID-19 pandemic and the piece that won would have been my year in review piece that took a very in-depth and well-researched look at what COVID-19 did to Trinidad and Tobago um, throughout the year with the variants, the different waves, how it impacted the hospitals, who died, uh, and the demographics and data associated with that. So those were my five awards that popped this year. And I could thankfully say I was, the, as an individual, the second most awarded person. And individually, I was awarded more than all but one media companies there. <laughs> well, definitely making Guardian Media proud. I've seen, um, I, I think, probably all of our co-workers and so on, um, you know, showering praises and accolades and extremely proud. Uh, did, did you expect this this huge wave of success uh, this this year? Um, or perhaps ever, so so very young in your career to, to get all of these accolades. It definitely must feel great, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I did not expect to get this many awards. Um, certainly while I was at the award ceremony, after when I got the one for my COP documentary, that was the one I really wanted to get. So after I got that, I was just like, okay, cool. Whatever happens, happens now. And then all of my awards happened at the top of the award ceremony. So as soon as I sat back down, they called my name to go back up, and it happened four times. So I was just like, oh, my goodness. Now I'm starting to feel bad because nobody's winning anything else. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely did not expect to get this many awards this quickly. Um, but very thankful because it was a lot of hard work that went into it last year. And certainly putting in the equal amount of work this year because in journalism, you're only as good as your last story. I like that. Now, um, it's it's put you on a, a pretty high level, a pretty uh, perhaps a pretty big pedestal as well um, to to follow. And but you said that you know you're definitely going to be keeping the ball going and um, keep keep working on it there. Now, I, I'm thinking that you you are very passionate about climate change, and naturally, so you would have done a lot of pieces on that. Uh, are there any other areas that you are extremely passionate about that you are excited about getting the opportunity to cover such topics if you've not before? And if so, what are those areas of focus? Well, generally, my beats are climate change, weather, and the environment. Those are like my three main topics that I cover. But something else that I really I did appreciate reporting on during the height of the pandemic would have been COVID. And thankfully, we haven't seen any other diseases um, pick up in a way that we had that little scare with monkeypox with our four cases and I was ready to go but it didn't pick up and I am grateful for that. Uh, the less calamities I have to report on the better um, but health reporting is also something that I'm interested in and the more that I've been exposed to climate change the more that I realize uh, climate change topics um, I realize that health and climate change are linked you can't really separate them so that would be something that I'd be looking into reporting on a little bit more this year and next year. All right, great. So when we come back, we have another break coming up in a bit. And when we come back, I want to get an insight from you in terms of the weather situation. Uh, if you can, give us some details about that. Uh, yesterday, we'd have seen a number of areas having rainfall. And um, 
I'd like to hear what can we expect for tomorrow. Of course, it's a holiday and a lot of people look forward to those holidays and spending some quality time with friends and family members or maybe going to the beach and all of those things as well. So we get into uh, the weather situation when we come back right here on Freedom 106.5. We're speaking with Colleen Hussein. Stay with us. The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio, Freedom 106.5. So we're back, Freedom 106.5 FM, and uh, speaking with Colleen Hussein today. So, Colleen, uh, let us know what's on the horizon when it comes to the weather forecast. Yeah, um, so Trinidad and Tobago today, we'll see a mostly hot and sunny day. Um, we're back into this heat again, temporarily. Um so today, mostly hot and sunny, maximum highs around 33 degrees Celsius at Piaco. Crown Point could see a high of 32, but elsewhere across the country in western urbanized areas, we could see that temperature get as high as 36 degrees, especially right now we're in the hottest time of the day between 10 a.m. and uh, 3 p.m. So, you know, if you're heading outside, walk with lots of water, keep an umbrella with you to protect you, not from the stray afternoon showers alone, but that uh, harmful sun rays, um, wear sunscreen, all that jazz. Um, looking out for the next couple of days, though, tomorrow it's supposed to be a little bit warmer than today as well um, because we have this weak ridge of high pressure system in place. By Friday, we have a very weak tropical wave moving in, so that could bring a little bit more moisture for those afternoon showers, but most of the cloudiness and rainfall is expected to remain north of the country. And as we head into the weekend, um, we'll be seeing uh, more dry and hot conditions continue, um, generally with those afternoon showers as well. Uh, we are in the peak of the hurricane season now, so keeping an eye on everything going on in the Atlantic, we had Hurricane uh, Idalia, which made landfall um, across the northern bend of Florida this morning as a Category 3 hurricane, a very strong Category 3 hurricane and it's bringing some catastrophic damage to them there. So if you have family members in parts of northern Florida, you may want to check in on them, ensure that they evacuated if they're under evacuation orders or hunker down safely as this hurricane is quite strong, moves across parts of Florida and Georgia over the next 24 hours. Now in the North Atlantic, we have Hurricane Franklin, which is weakening. It's bringing tropical storm conditions to Bermuda, and that is moving out into the open ocean. Uh, we have Tropical Depression 11 also out in the open Atlantic. And then we have another tropical wave that is moving off the African coast that has medium chances of development. The good news with all of these systems that exist right now, no threat to Trinidad and Tobago. So we are going to continue seeing this very warm, sunny end to the July-August vacation before the kiddos head back out to school next week. Yeah, def- definitely good weather for cricket, yeah? <laughs> but... um. Absolutely, yes. Well, cricket starts um, on Saturday, if I'm correct, right? Um, mm-hmm. So, for in Trinidad, rather. So, you, you know, we're starting off sunny, but by next week, we might be seeing a bit more rain, especially that Tuesday, that Tuesday, Wednesday matches. So, hopefully, by the night time, it, it eases up. Yeah, we could only hope for so much. Now, um, yeah. as we get set to wrap up, a lot of times we hear... And we see comments um, all over on social media and that sort of thing about the weather is unpredictable, uh, the forecasting or the weather reporting uh, can't be trusted, all of those things. What's your take on it and how would you respond to those who have you know, such comments about the, the weather forecast or the weather reporting that we have here in TNT? 
Well, I would say that they they com- the comparisons come from people who look at foreign, I would quote unquote foreign weather stations, right? And those foreign weather stations would forecast for areas that uh, that experience a lot more uniform weather. So with the exception of Florida, the rest of the United States experience quite uniform weather when it comes to frontal systems causing rain or high-pressure ridges keeping it dry and sunny. Trinidad and Tobago, you know you can have torrential rain in San Fernando causing the worst of floods. And a couple hundred meters away, dry as a bone. That's how our weather in Trinidad works. We have very localized weather that can be extremely different from just a couple homes away. And trying to get all of that in, if you are doing a television forecast, you only have a couple minutes, uh, less than two and a half minutes in my case, to get all of that information in. And you not only have to forecast what's going on in the weather, but for the seas, temperatures, all that stuff. So you're not going to cover exactly what's going on above your house. Um, we get You get a fairly generalized weather forecast, both from on uh, television forecasters as well as from the Met Office. What I would advise you, though, is that you keep checking in with trusted sources throughout the day because the weather, as we know, changes quite quickly in Trinidad and Tobago. And while you can get some days like yesterday where it was forecast to be cloudy and rainy and that did materialize because it came from a larger system, on days like today and Friday where we could see these pop-up isolated showers, those showers could pop up anywhere along western and northern Trinidad. And some places will see extremely hot temperatures and sunny skies and others will just will get some afternoon showers that could cause some floods. And obviously, if you're in that area that caused some floods, you're going to be like, why me? And then for some people who wanted the rain and under those very extremely hot temperatures will also be like, why me? So keep abreast of the latest information. Our weather does change throughout the day. And so do the forecasts. Right. Now, uh, I, I am thinking that a bit of detail or a bit of clarity uh, in terms of what goes into reporting using the uh, software and that sort of thing may give people a better understanding of, of the weather. Because I, I know it's, it's highly um, specialized equipment and all those things. Can you just, without getting too, too technical uh, with us, give us a, a general idea in a nutshell of how um, it or what it takes, I should say, to to create the the weather forecast and the weather reporting that we have. Right. So I will speak from my experience. Um, it takes me about three hours to put together a weather forecast. It happens in about four stages. The first would be looking at what's going on in the sky and looking at what observations we have um, based on instruments that exist, so satellite images, um, soundings, all that stuff. Second would be looking at satellite images and satellite-derived products. So looking at how much moisture we have in the atmosphere, larger weather systems that exist, and taking a broad view, making it local, and then looking at numerical weather prediction models and other pieces of data to put together the actual forecast that you see at night. And you have to forecast for weather, for seas, for Saharan dust, um, all of that, putting that together. So it is a very onerous process. And it's not something that we just read off a page. Right, yeah. So I'm thinking it, it has a lot to do with um, the amalgamation of data that's coming your way and probability as well. So, I mean, people may give a lot of criticism sometimes and say, oh, gosh, these weather people, it's it's difficult to plan your day because, you know, you're expecting sun and then rain. 
bus um, come down and you know it's, it's raining cats and dogs and all those things but as you just clarified it is something very tricky and it takes painstakingly hours to create uh, the weather forecast and you have very limited time as well but i'm sure that you love every aspect of it and, and wouldn't change it for the world right absolutely i love my job <laughs> all right great so i want to thank you so much kalena anything else that you may want to add before we wrap up for today um, all I would say is, you know, it's going to get hot again. Um, so as you head out, look for the signs and symptoms of heat exhaustion and even possible heat stroke. If you feel dizzy, if you start to cold sweat, see, seek medical attention immediately. But the best way to avoid all of that would be to wear light and loose fitting clothes. Wear, uh, drink lots of water throughout the day. Stay hydrated, stay cool, Trinidad and Tobago. Thank you so much, Colleen, for joining us today. And again, congratulations on winning five great awards and uh, wishing you all the best uh, for years to come. Thank you. All right, you're most welcome. So that, of course, Colleen Hussein, of course, from CNC3, would have won the Best Climate Change Documentary Award, uh, Best Climate Change News Digital Story, uh, Best Coverage of Disaster Risk Management uh, Reduction sorry, Digital uh, best climate change news, print, and best coverage of COVID-19 pandemic as well. So kudos and congratulations to him again, uh, really making us proud here at Guardian Media. And of course, he's no stranger to us. We'll be speaking to him many more times again right here on Freedom 106.5 FM. It's just about a minute or so before 10 o'clock right here on Freedom 106.5. We continue along with your calls and your messages, 627-3223, 2257 and your text messages on WhatsApp 306-1065 when we return. The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio, Freedom 106.5.